Since the Sandbox fans, we are back with more off-season news talk. We, we have some free agency grades, and we're going to discuss, you know, the impact of all those moves. Going to take it down by team. We're not talking about every single acquisition, but I, I'm sure Twan and Kev will be, be nudging me to talk a little bit more about what we have. So, Kev, Kev, welcome back. I mean, it, it's been a couple months. Yeah, man. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> back for one. Been on the music grind, you know, doing my thing. So. He goes, enough said. Yeah. <laughs> I said I'm back. Tuan, how you feeling after the past couple episodes? It's good, man. I'm good. I know we have talked a lot about a lot of these teams already, but it's going to be good to dive more specifically into free agency versus uh, individual players that we saw slump our success with. So. Yeah, right, right. Absolutely. A little teaser. Yeah, 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 a little something in there, a little something. But guys, the first team we're going to talk about, I feel like this team has had, you know, you can either view this as, as a good offseason or a lot of people can, you know, question the offseason that they've really had. And we're going to start with the New England Patriots. So Boston stand up. I'm sure you guys are all raving saying that the New England Patriots had the best offseason out of all of these teams here. Right, Twan? That's very New England Patriot-esque. Oh, I wouldn't say the best, but like, <laughs> we're up there. We're, we had a, we, I'm pleased with what we've done so far. So I just want to talk about, you know, some of the acquisitions that I think were some of, you know, their, their main major additions and Kev I want to hear you know your impact on how this really touches the AFC East and how you know the, what the Miami moves the Jets moves and, and where the Bills you know stands mm-hmm. with all of that so obviously you know the Pats brought in Juju on, on a, a multiple year deal James Robinson Mike Gesicki and Riley Reef at, at the offensive tackle position which I feel like is a sneaky addition because He's been a plug-and-play starter for a lot of teams for mm-hmm. the past couple of years. And as long as he stays healthy, that's like an addition that'll be beneficial for them. So it'll help not having like a win be relied upon, you mm-hmm. know, because I know he's been a hole for the New England Patriots for quite some time. But Swan, I want I want you to, you know, really discuss as a Patriots fan what your thoughts are, you know, where maybe some moves that you thought you could have improved the team in other ways and, and maybe some moves that you were just like oh, like, I don't know how this is going to work, but I'm excited it happened. <laughs> yeah, so I'd like to see – the one thing that I still think we have a big hole in right now is linebacker. I still would like to see somebody – and we got Rayquan McMillan, but it's like, okay, Bill just signed a guy he's comfortable with. I'd like to see more there, but I uh, when the Juju trade originally came out or Juju signing came out, I was very disappointed because I was – wanted a higher tier. I wanted to trade for Judy, something like that. As time has settled and as I've – you know, relaxed and stopped calling him TikTok boy. Uh, <laughs> I just, I'm a lot happier with the trade. And I, I touched on this in the last episode. I do think he's going to have a, a shockingly good year. I think he's going to be the best receiver on the team, barring going anybody that's better than him that we may go out and get still. I think he's going to have a terrific year. I'm very excited for him. I just hope he stays focused on football. But then you got to talk about like Gasicki. Gasicki yeah. was an awesome signing. I know it was one year, but that's going to help out a lot, and mm-hmm. that's an upgrade from Janu to me. So I wanted to, I wanted to discuss Gasicki a little bit more specifically because when you see a Gasicki <clears throat> sign for a one year nine million, and you also see a Schultz sign for one year nine million, does that kind of make you be like, damn, like I kind of wish we got Schultz? I think this Gasicki fits a Patriots mold a lot better than a Schultz does. But I will also say that Schultz has had a lot more success than what Gesicki has. I don't think Gesicki's been put in the scenario to succeed. We've seen Bill O'Brien with the two tight end offenses always have that success. And, you know, Kev, in in, in a Bills perspective, mm-hmm. I'm sure you'd be a little bit more concerned lining up against Schultz twice a year than Gesicki. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We did see a lot of great success with Schultz, but like also like it's 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 harder for Dak to get the ball outside. 
So, like, you do see a lot of the ball stay inside to Schultz because it's harder for Dak. Like, he's got CD on the outside, but he's also got had Gallup. Now he's going to have Cooks, but he just doesn't seem to be good at throwing outside the numbers, or, or at least not as good throwing outside the numbers as he has been throwing inside the numbers. So, again, I, I do think Schultz would be maybe a little bit better because I think he can block better. But also, like, it, this takes a lot of stress off of Hunter Henry, whereas when we put him in now, like, he can block and we can still have a tight end that we can throw to versus – you know, last year we were having him block for tackles that weren't playing. And that's a good segment into Riley Reef because I think we got him and he's going to be a very good piece for us. He's no ridiculously, he's not a top 10 tackle. Yeah. He's a guy, you're right, you can plug in and play. I think he's going to be better than uh, Isaiah Wynn. He did, he's relatively inexpensive. Yeah, very, so, very inexpensive. So I, I think it was a good signing. I think we've had a good offseason thus far, but we're sleeping on the best decision the Patriots made. What's that? Bill O'Brien signing. Okay. I think that changes things. Kev, you, you agree with that? Yeah, I like it. I like it for them, but we'll see. It's huge. <laughs> it's huge, though. Like, you look, and this is a team that was fringe playoff. If they win against Buffalo, they're in. But yeah. they didn't because Buffalo last year was a better team. Okay, I'll give last you Last year. Last year. Well, he's using very specific words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> but... To go... Like, we had Matt Patricia as an OC. A bad defensive coordinator... And a bad head coach was our offensive coordinator. And we still went 8-9. and nine. Yeah, You have Bill O'Brien, who's already done a year with Mac Jones, and a guy who knows the Patriot system, who Bill trusts, Bill Belichick trusts. I think that's one of the biggest moves that we've made. We have a guy that we can actually rely upon now, and somebody that I think the offense actually buys into more, too. You tell me the offense didn't look like they didn't want to be there and... When you got Patricia calling screens on third and 20, and it just, it was ugly last year. And this, yeah. I think the Bill O'Brien signing is what makes it far cleaner. It's, I think that's what's going to be the biggest click. Come on, let me ask you a question as oh a Pats boy. fan. Okay. <laughs> is, and if so, how short of a leash is Mac Jones on this year? As a Ooh. I don't think he's on a short leash. I mean, really? in terms of like, I wouldn't give him a short, like in terms of like, do we, like he has two bad games and are we putting Zappy in? I don't think so. I don't think Zappy's a step up from Mac. I do think he's a little bit of a step down. I think he just played better in the right moment. And people also forget that as Zappy was playing well, Mac's playing with a sprained ankle. Yeah. Um, it's a high ankle sprain, which if you've had a high ankle sprain, you understand that it's not an easy thing to deal with. It's not a broken leg by any means, but he's still trying to play on it. And also like if Zappy plays successful and the whole organization's like, screw you, Mac, it's like Mac's. Like he's still a kid. Like he's yeah. taking that on. He's like, God damn. Yeah. I don't want to say he's on a show. If he has a couple of bad games here and there, it's okay. I think it's more of a at the end of the year, if he had a bad season, that's mm-hmm. where he's on a short lease versus in the middle of the year, he's having a couple tough games here and there. Let's yeah. yank him for Zappy. Yeah. All right. So Kev, Good I have someone that's that's a friend of the show. And I want to know if this is an overreaction or if this is a pretty accurate prediction. So Last episode, we were talking about Juju with the New England Patriots, okay. and oh we we heard that that this person said that Juju can catch over a hundred balls and Juju can catch twelve hundred receiving yards. Is that an overreaction, or do you think that's accurate for New England Patriots wide receiver in twenty twenty three? I think that's a little bit of an overreaction. <laughs> <laughs> who's the idiot that said that? <laughs> and, yeah, who's the you? Kid, yeah, <laughs> I just pointed to. Him. I know. I just- I thought you might have been pointing downstairs. I, know, I, also, know. I was like, I what did Matt say? But no, I mean, I think that's a little bit of a of an overreaction. I just don't know if, again, like, as, I'm not a Pats fan, so I don't know. But 
as a football anymore. fan, as a Bills fan. But I really still am and very leery on if Mac is the guy or not. And when you have Hunter Henry on your offense and the signing of Gasicki and losing one of your platoon running backs and Damian Harris, you know what I mean? Shout out Buffalo. <laughs> have him for four games. Have fun. Like yeah, like I just I just do, I honestly I don't I don't know realistically if the targets are going to be there for Juju. You know what I mean? He doesn't have Pat Mahomes throwing to him. He doesn't have, you know, Big Ben throwing to him. You know what I mean? Not that Big Ben was anything crazy, but when Juju was there, Big Ben still at least could move and and throw the ball. You know what I mean? So Did Jacoby have over 100 targets last year? Targets, I think so. I don't know about catches. Um, But he also, like, he fit fit more of that slot mold that, like, we wanted to give the ball to him. And I think Pats could be in a situation where they're playing down a couple more games than normal. And, like, realistically, like... I think Juju is definitely an upgrade f- from all the receivers that they have or still have, but mm. I still don't know if they're like a good enough offense where like teams aren't going to double Juju over the top and stuff like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? They they still might not be able to be able to get on the ball as much as they're probably expecting doubles. them to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Patriots though, being a more run heavy team, James Robinson's a huge. I get it. We yeah. lose Damian Harris. James that Robinson is. Pretty close to that tier. I know he had a very bad tail off, but I mean, it probably has a sour taste in his mouth thinking that he was that irreplaceable. Yeah. He's he's more available than Damian Harris, mm-hmm. so he's somebody that's going to be able to help out Mondre a lot. And then you saw it last year, like Kelvin Harris and Pierre Strong, who I didn't even know who they were until they randomly played. Like they had productive games. It's just yeah. kind of the way the Patriots' offense works: is power run, and when the pass is there, you pass it. But if they're going to be able to move the ball down on the down the field on the ground. They're going to stay there, and if they're successful, a lot of teams are going to have problems because they're going to rush to get back on the field, score quick, and if you do that to a Bill Belichick defense, you're going to turn the ball over. Yeah. Kev, a lot of departures for the Buffalo Bills, but you did mention, and Tuan mentioned, you know, one acquisition that you have. Do you have starter expectations for Damian Harris? No. I think James Cook will take over. Yeah? You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think Josh Allen still (laughs) runs a consistent amount compared to last year? Or do you think, you know... James James Cook can really see 200-plus touches this year. I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. I think James Cook will be, like, the bell shot starter, you know what I mean? But I, obviously, they got Damian Harris. I feel like they're going to use him, too. And they still have Hines, you know what I mean? And not that Hines is great, but they're still going to have to use him here and there, you know what I'm saying? Especially on, like, kick returns and stuff like that. So I feel like they're going to use all three of them. Cook will probably get more of the load than either of the other two, but I also feel like they're going to... At least I hope that they're going to make Josh Allen stay in the pocket a little bit more. You know what I mean? Not that he's not effective with his legs, but he gets hit hot, bro. Like, out of all the Russian quarterbacks, like, he gets hit the hottest because he looks for the contact. He really does. And he's hurtling people and, like, one bad hit and there goes the whole organization. You know what I mean? Are you cons- like, if Josh Allen was to, like, get an ACL tier or something, like, that would be it. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Are you concerned about the offseason that the Bills have? Or you think it, you think, like you said, more of, like, addition by subtraction? Yeah, I mean, I think the core's still there. You know what I mean? Like, Diggs is staying, hopefully, and about to go get D-Hop. So if we get both of them, like, it's over. <laughs> I'm so sorry it's to over. spoil. I just don't think the Bills are going to be getting D-Hop, man. Hey, listen, you never know. <laughs> Why does he want to go to the bum city of Buffalo? <laughs> <laughs> it's cold, man. Who knows, man? Who knows? So, Maybe he needs As if the New cold. York and New England aren't yeah. freezing right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, So to stay inside the division... 
obviously, you know, Miami made a splash, and we talked about that, you know, with the Ramsey acquisition. But a team that, as of recently, made a little bit more moves is is the New York Jets. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm really interested to hear you guys' thoughts. You know, obviously, at the wide receiver position, adding Lazard and Hardman to a wide receiver one wide receiver room with Garrett Wilson. That's that's really good depth yeah. there. Like now, yeah. like like that's obviously trusting that Wilson will be the one. Assumingly, the the money that Lazard got's like two money, very similar to what Juju got. But like mm-hmm. Juju is going to be relied upon to be the one. And Hardman's more of a guy to take the top off, be there on special teams, and like be that in between to really add a unique dynamic to the offense. And we obviously can't forget that Corey Davis. Well, and well, Rogers is going to be there. As yeah. Well. yeah, yeah. But you never know. Alan Lazard could. Be the number one too. You think just, so? Just just because Rogers is like used to him, you know what I mean. I'm yeah. not saying yeah. he's better. Obviously, I think Garrett Wilson's better, but just like the familiarity, you know what I mean, between them two and stuff. But we'll see. Who knows? But it, that is a you're right. That is a good wide receiver room. They did lose Elijah Moore too, but Elijah Moore just wasn't fitting. No, nah. like I don't know why. But I think he's gonna be a problem with Cleveland. Yeah, he's gonna. They be didn't give him shit for him. They didn't go into the Jets. Did you hear about that? <laughs> yeah, but like, are you really ready to like? push Brees Hall and be like, hey, you're going to fully committee with Zeke. I feel like Brees Hall is a bell cow where you can like yeah. rely on him for – he's kind of a three-down back to me. Yeah. If he I can just, stay healthy. like I feel like Zeke's at the point in his career, though, where like 10 touches a game is more than enough for him. Yeah. Like in, in my opinion, like yeah. Brees Hall, like you want to you wanna unleash him based on what you mm-hmm. saw last year. But you're also like, shit, like if we give this guy 25 plus touches, is he going to be sustainable for two years or is he mm-hmm. going to be sustainable for five years? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that there's multiple ways to really look at that. Um, I do think that the acquisitions of Lazard and Hardman bring a, a huge dynamic to that offense. And I don't want to say that the Jets weren't a viable threat last year. Their defense was great last year. Incredible. Yeah. I, think, I think this kind of sets an expectation on that offense and gives you more of like a concern or a scare. I still think right as of right now, the Jets are fighting for three and four for that division. If you want me to be honest, like at, at the moment, based on the off seasons, I'm sorry, but I do have the Pats at four. I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do. Um, I think, I think Miami and the Jets are, are really interchangeable, you know, for that spot. If, if the Jets don't walk in the Rogers trade, they're, they're at four, regardless of what they make, like with the wide receiver room and things like that. And I guess you have to say it's Buffalo's division until proven otherwise, oh, yeah. right? But oh, like, yeah. but it's a lot of pressure. Oh yeah, that's it, a lot of pressure. It is, in, in like, I mean, Kev, I think this year is like do or die for the Bills. Like, how many more years? Like, do you think like Josh Allen can take those hits? Or Von Miller can really rush after the passer to still yeah. stay in that contention category, or that that McDermott doesn't get blown off the spot? Like, if he doesn't win this year, like. What's the case to keep him in Buffalo? Yeah, there isn't one. I, yep. I don't think there's one right now. Yeah, maybe besides the fact that there's really no other better coach out there that they can get. Like that's yeah. really the only, and not that McDermott's a great coach, but so so I want you guys like we talked about two teams in this division, and you guys, your favorite teams, are obviously both in that yeah. division. Mm-hmm. Just quickly, I want you guys to look at the camera, and I want you to tear these teams up one through four. Yeah, yeah. Good. it's gonna be the Bills at one. The Jets at two. Wow. Probably the Pats at three and the Dolphins at four. Really? Wow. I'm going to throw a fucking curveball at all of you right now. That's four, Twan. I'm (laughs) telling you, it's different episodes. You spread them out. (laughs) She's not watching all of them. Just don't clip it. (laughs) And, uh, uh, Ma, the meatloaf. (laughs) That's a classic loop, though. (laughs) Oh, shit. All right. 
Pats, Dolphins, Bills, Jets. Wow! Kevin <laughs> fucking bugging. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going bananas. The Bills at three. Yeah, dude. I, Are you shitting me? They've only gotten worse. Oh, my God. <laughs> They've only gotten so, worse to me. So, with, oh with both God. of you guys giving your predictions, are there two teams in this division that are going to win nine-plus games? Yes. Absolutely. There might be three. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there'll be three. I think all four of them could, honestly. Really? Yeah. They're, they're dynamite. Like, this, this to me, like, so this gives me... Nine now, I know plus? it didn't work Oof. out, but last year, you know how we talked about the AFC West as being like the division that you're like, who the heck is coming out of the AFC West? Yeah. That's how I feel like the AFC East is about to be. But I think this one's going to hold a little bit better because the Raiders, like we talked a lot about the talent and stuff like that, but they were still the Raiders. We should have knew. I I was with you. I, I had them winning the division the last year. Yeah, yeah. I'll eat those words. What happened, and we man? all just went, oh, Russ went to the Broncos. That's how you know better. Twan's real, man. He's taking Kev's notes from last year. So. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you when I'm wrong. I thought the Raiders were going to win the division. They were terrible. I thought the Broncos were going to be good, but I did think they would be last in the division, which that held, but I didn't think they were going to be that bad. I think this year it's the AFC East is going to be the division where everyone's like, holy shit. And we said that halfway through the season this year, we were like, dude, let's let's pay attention to the AFC East. It's like, and the Pats were in last, but their defense was still their defense. Yeah. It was just, what the hell are they doing on offense? See, obviously just talking about it without looking at, do, do we know the division that the AFC East plays this year outside of like the AFC? Like, obviously they go against an NFC team. We they, just played the North. We recently played the East. We're, we played the South. It's going to be South. South or the West. It's going to be the West. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be the no. Worst. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah. so obvious, obviously, oh, yeah. you know that that makes you know a, a big factor into all of that. Like the, the NFC West this year obviously has 49ers in Seattle. If that's who they are playing, I think it's really interesting to you guys to say that there'll be two, three, potentially four teams that are nine plus wins mm-hmm. in this division, knowing how good the AFC is. Yeah. Considering is. considering that this is a division that has the Bengals, that has the Chiefs. Like, those are two of the best yeah. teams in football. But like, outside of those two, like, who do we think? Like, the South is going to be, like, it could be the Jags division. It could be anyone's division. Yeah. That could have. No, that there's big of... questions there. All, like, I know you're you're a fan of, of Cleveland, and you think yep. they could take a big jump. Like, yep. you think Cleveland will be better than, than most of the teams in the AFC East? The Chargers? I think they'll only be better than one. Really? Yeah. Okay. So May, maybe two. The Chargers? But I really think, no, I, and, mm, that's hard. I don't think the Chargers can stay healthy enough. Okay. I just don't think they can. Like I prove like they have to prove me wrong for me to say that they will. Yeah. Because every mm-hmm. year it's just the same shit with the Chargers where yeah. it's they're nasty. They're so talented. They're gonna be this is their year. This guy gets and, hurt. That guy gets hurt. Right. You you went through it. Like they yeah. have so much money in people that just don't play. Yeah. Over under on Joey Bosa's games this year got to be like six and a half. Oh, that's a, that's generous. That's, that's really seriously, yeah, yeah. it's insane, yeah. dude. So it's literally got, insane. So I don't, I don't think the Raiders are going to take a big jump this year. Me neither. I, a team that I do think will take a big jump. You guys are going to call me crazy. I think the Broncos win nine plus games this year. I really do. You love the Sean Payton I signing. I not, not even then. I love the Sean Payton signing. I just, I know what the NFL is, right? Like, this was a team that had the crazy expectations last year. Like, even if the Chargers win an additional game, like, they might not. Like, they could they could really rescind. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what the Raiders are going to be. Like, it's hard to have championship aspirations for them, even with Jimmy G at the helm. Like, you have no idea if you're going to get 10 games yep. from him. I think the Broncos still have, like, a pretty solid roster. I don't think, like, this is a team that's going to be building. This is a team that everyone's going to write off last year, like we thought yeah. about the Seahawks, and I feel like that's going to be a team that makes some noise. I think it's mm-hmm. easier to find those teams in the AFC rather than the NFC. 
We I talked like that take. We I talked like about we talked about the AFC East a lot. Next, I want to talk about Denver, who signed Stidham, P. Ryan, Powers, and McGlinchey on the offensive line, which are two huge additions huge, to that yeah. offensive line. And then Zach Allen, who is very underrated as a defensive end coming over from Arizona. Mm-hmm. So not those acquisitions specifically that are making me love, you know, the Broncos. I just think that like. Last year was, like, really unfortunate. Obviously, Javante Williams will come back, you know, midway through the year, not expecting him to to be a top 10 running back or anything like that. I know know you have a little salty taste over Javante. Um, Son of a gun. But, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, you know, like, Jerry Judy, I mean, the the hype that he's really had around his name, you know, this offseason has been crazy. Like, I, I didn't think that there would be that much of a demand for Judy. Obviously, it makes sense for a team like the Pats who... His his college quarterback was Mac Jones. Like yeah. that that makes sense. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But Sutton's a two there. KJ Hamler was a, a second, third round pick that that had high expectations. So He's it's like player. you either have you either have that room that you have faith in, or it's like, look, if you think that these guys are consistently going to be healthy, yeah, ship them all apart. And like maybe you address the wide receiver position. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't see Russell Wilson having two poor years like that. Like, I don't think it like before before going into last year, like there was no question in my mind that Russell Wilson was a Hall of Fame quarterback. I I think it's a question. It, 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 and isn't that weird? Because yeah. like we're like, well, one team change. Is he a system quarterback? Yeah. No, I know. Like I'd like not to jump to that conclusion just yeah. now. I'd like to see it one more time with a real coach. <laughs> I'm with you. I think those are good signings, but I also think they kind of overplayed for paid for McGlinchey. Okay, McGlinchey got paid a shit ton of money. He did. That's every why every the- single Niners fan is like, "Ha ha, have yeah. fun." Yeah, like he's, I'm, yeah. I'm one to read comments. So if you want to piss me off, comment something crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, once the signing happens, every single 49ers fan in the comment section are like, "Good, thank God." Yeah, right. Happy. You yeah. guys overpaid. You didn't get a real one. Like nut stuff. Yeah, so I know we'll see. that that it, it is a tough takeaway. I do. I like McClinchy was the was the best tackle in the offseason. He so was like, so like he was gonna get paid as such outside of Orlando Brown, probably right. Yeah, like like I just think like Orlando like McClinchy's coming off of his rookie contract. Like right. Orlando Brown's like on on the back back end of his, of mm-hmm. his career, <laughs> and like you know people were really debating you know the structure that he took to to sign this next deal because like the Chiefs still offered him contract and money to stay to mm-hmm. stay around and and stay relevant with Kansas City, but he he decided otherwise and like so be it. Like everyone has like their their options to choose, but I think like they have good interior offensive line. They drafted a left tackle years ago that that has been de- uh, developed, you know, for quite some time now. Who was shaky to start off his career, but ha- has grown to be, you know, a, a better, you know, player. And Stidham brings. I don't want to say. Look, I- I'm not high on Stidham. I never thought he was going to be a quality starter, but he has experience <sighs> now. You know what I mean? The, what what he did on the back end with the Raiders last year, like. That that's good going going into a, a Broncos room. Like he's not expected to be the starter. If Russell played like the way he did last year, like yeah, like he'll compete with him. But to stay in that division, Vegas made some moves. Now going to get Jimmy G over Carr, like I, I want to know, like from the both of you guys, like is, is that is that like an addition? Like is, is that like a hit? People either love Jimmy G or they're completely like off of it. And like this, people feel the same way about like Carr. I don't. I don't. Obviously, Jimmy G has brought a team to a Super Bowl before, so like yeah. that's experience that you want to value. But like, is it really that much of an upgrade of a car? <laughs> and they br- and they got Myers too. Yeah, yeah. So, right, right. So right. I mean, talent wise, I really don't think it's much of an upgrade. I honestly think, you know, you got to break it down into a couple of things, right? 
I think what I would give to Derek Carr is like the health side. You know what I mean? Because Jimmy G's just injury prone. That that is how that is what it is. Talent wise, maybe I give it to Jimmy G a little bit more. I think Carr has the better arm. I think Jimmy G's the better quarterback though. And then like you said, Jimmy G's been to a Super Bowl. He's been in deep playoff runs. He knows what it takes to win or at least to get there and and win during the regular season. So I think that's I think that's the biggest thing that's been missing in that locker room. You know what I mean? I really do. So I think having that and I wouldn't call it a downgrade. So at the very least, you're just as talented going into next year and now you have a guy who's been there and knows what it takes and is a little bit smarter than the quarterback you had before. You know what I mean? And he has the potential to be better than Carr. You know what I mean? This year especially. So I do we'll think, just see what happens. I do think that not one loss, but two on that offense, not counting Carr, is going to be huge, though. Mm-hmm. You not only lost Darren Waller, but yeah. Foster Moreau, prayers for this dude. Like, he just got diagnosed with cancer. Like, yeah. he's not playing this yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Like, that. That's going to be like a big loss. And look, much love and respect to Josh Jacobs. I think I have a higher chance of predicting the Super Bowl champion right now than Josh Jacobs running for 1,600 yards again next year. Really? I don't know. Really? You guys disagree? Just the way McDaniels uses a bell cow running back is just like he's going to get his. It's just like what can he do with it? Last year he did so much with it. Yeah. Can he do the same? He did. I don't know. I think, I think what you also have to keep in mind, and it, look, this is something that, that an average NFL fan won't consider when, mm-hmm. when talking about offseason stuff, right? If they feed Josh Jacobs like that, that probably means that they have to pay him $15-plus plus million dollars yeah, a year. Yeah, 100%. I don't think with the scenario that the Raiders are in, paying Devontae Adams $25 million a year, Jacoby Myers $11 million a year, Max Crosby. Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, Jimmy G's making twenty five plus million. Like, I don't, I don't know that that that's what the case is. You you obviously have to franchise tag the dude because of the year he had, but I don't want to say that you're going to scheme him out. But I also think you have to consider the use that you get of him, and if that is successful, is going to rely on a contract that'll most likely be paid from. From the Raiders, so and that, they're listening to options too. Any team that yeah. wants them, they're going to listen to that conversation. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So, wouldn't be surprised, especially with the way the Patriots have drafted in the past. Not sure if this was more Belichick's doing or McDaniel's. If they drafted a couple of running backs from four to seven, and were like, oh, like yeah, we have Jacobs as a starter. I, I, I don't see him getting two hundred and fifty carries again. They still have Zamir White too. Yeah, Zamir White's no scrub. No, like, but Josh Jacobs just took over last year yeah but i want to just go right back to jimmy g and Carr. like the way i put it and it's really close to what you're saying is Carr. i would take in terms of tangibles jimmy g intangibles so like jimmy g kind of knows the game he's been there Derek Carr knows the game but Derek Carr, i think is more like arm talent i think he has more skill i think jimmy knows m- more what to do in the right situation and i think it makes sense working with mcdaniels again whereas like just kind of a flat line here. I just think they pay they aren't paying Jimmy G as much as they were paying Carr, right? Yeah. So I mean it's similar amounts, like it's probably like a couple million less, but Yeah. Well I think Jimmy fits with a more McDaniels based scheme. They're more familiar with each other, and I think Carr has more talent, but Jimmy G is the intangible. So I think they're just gonna be right on par with where they were last year. Okay. I, I can't see them making a huge jump. Like you guys think that they have an opportunity to win nine games? They have an opportunity to win nine games. Um, Not likely. I could see them. I see them like seven and ten. 
If I were to just throw it. Cat very similar? Yeah, I was going to say maybe like 9 and 9. 9 and 8? 9 and 8. Still the Chiefs? 10 and 7. Still the Chiefs division? Yeah, I learned last year. Yeah, I'm all out. I'm all out on the charges. You know that. Yeah, no, I've been out on the charges. Stick a fork in them, especially this. Yeah, they're well, they're they're overcooked. They're well done. I like like my medium rare. They're well done. So, guys, that was you know just some conversations about some AFC teams. Before we switch over to the NFC, do you guys have any other comments or off-season acquisitions that you'd really like to bring up for the AFC? I'm just gonna say, watch out for the Texans again. I know we said it on the last episode, but them taking care of their O line. They got somebody to help out Damian Pierce. I know Singletary's not a world beater, but he helps. Um, and then you got a bunch of guys coming back. You got Mechie. You signed Robert Woods for more of a veteran presence. Again, nothing flashy, but then you go get Dalton Schultz. And you got picks this year. Watch out. Watch out for Houston, man. Houston's an attractive market, too. Low income tax and uh, warm weather. Like, it's just these these are places that players like to go. And, like, also, you have the opportunity to go there and be that guy. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, you walk into a lot of teams in the NFL, you don't. So, D'Amico Ryan's probably looking to create a couple of those guys. You know what I mean? Who he was for the Texans, even when they sucked, you know? He seems like he's going to be a player's coach, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, we're going to switch our focus from the AFC over to the NFC. And a team that I want to talk about, and look, I, I try and stay as unbiased as possible, so I'm interested to hear your opinions, but just off of you know some of the bigger moves that they've made, like I feel like the Giants are a team that we have to talk about in this kind of scenario. And Obviously, Julian Love walked, but interesting with that was that the Giants actually offered him more money than what Seattle offered him. He thought that he was going to have a bigger market than what he actually did, and the Giants replaced him. By the time he came back and said, hey, like if you match this offer, like I'll come with you, it was already too late. So yeah. really interesting. I'm sure Julian Love would have loved to be a part of that. But Giants go get Waller. We re-signed Saquon and Danny Dimes. Obviously going to get Okereke on the, on the defensive side of the ball. And a couple of other signings here and there that aren't big, aren't splashy, but they either fit Dayball's scheme or the Giants' needs. And I feel like that's really important. I talked about the cornerback yep. acquisition and Amani, who who was a, a great acquisition. Yep. Interested to hear, you know, you guys' perspective as an outsider for the Giants rather than, you know, me talking about, you know, my, my personal team. So I think the Giants, I'm not, like I, I mentioned consistently, I'm not slapping the Giants with a contender title. We've seen the Giants have the one-year success and have gone back to six wins right away. But the Eagles lost a lot this offseason. The Dallas Cowboys might have gained some, but I don't know. I think it's just a matter of time before the Giants flick that switch and are just as competitive as the Dallas Cowboys are. Interested to hear your thoughts and what the expectations can be for the New York football Giants. It was the first team that we brought up in teams that need to have a successful successful offseason. They're trending in the direction that we said, you know, if they want to make that jump and avoid, you know, falling into a lull again, they need to be successful now. They need to make moves now and they are. And it's nothing ridiculously flashy. The most flashy one was Darren Waller, which is an unbelievably good signing for them. Third round pick. Super helpful because he plays tight end, but you also want, you can line him up outside and he'll do that. Yeah. He, he'll be that guy. And um, you get Oruarie, Amani Oruarie. It's all good. AO. <laughs> um, he's a good corner man and he hits hard too. Like he can cause some fumbles. And yes, you lost Julian Love, but that's going to give you the ability to play Xavier, pay Xavier McKinney now. For sure. Um, I think the Giants are trending in the right direction. And I think the Cowboys have shown me too much failure for me to believe that they're going to stay 
productive for you know years to come. And the Eagles did get worse. I think they'll eventually figure it out when you have a quarterback like Jalen Hurts. Your team just does figure it out. But the Giants are the one team in that division that is actually moving in the complete right direction. Do you think the Cowboys are still a nine-win football team? Yeah. Cow? It's because they went in the regular season. Yeah, I think so. Eagles. Still I think it six? depends what Zeke does, though. Honestly, like you know what I mean. Like that'll obviously be a big loss. You know, even though Pollard's kind of taken over that backfield, like that's still who they know, sign. But it ain't yeah. Zeke. Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah, it ain't Zeke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the Giants have had a good off season, and and I agree with Tuan. I think I think in sight of all the teams in that division, they're definitely the ones making the right moves and trending in the right direction. I mean, they really started from ground zero. You know what I mean? And they're like on the way up and I feel like like Dallas is one of those teams where like this year would have to be the year that like they go out and win it for that organization to like not go down the shitter (laughs) but I just don't see it happening like you know what I mean like I honestly think the best Cowboys team that we're gonna see is was this year was this past season you know what I mean so they were a disappointment and like you guys said the Eagles lost a lot I do still think the Eagles are better and then the commanders, like they are what they are. They're a scrappy team. They'll win. They'll they'll have a couple upset games and over the course of the season. But they are what they are. You know what I mean? They're not more than a seven, eight, maybe nine win team if they're lucky. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, hundred percent. No, and, and look, like obviously, you know, you can question the Waller move because of his injury history. Like the past two years, like this dude has played inconsistently. But for what we traded, like I'll trade Kadarius Tony, who didn't play at all for us, for Darren Waller. Mm-hmm. 10 out of 10 times. All day. Look, and I, I know you can draft quality starters in the third round. This was the, the number 100th overall pick. The Giants still have their original top three round picks, and I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if, if we tried to move back a little bit. But after trading that pick, we still have 10 picks in this year's draft. So still a, a top three amount in the entire NFL, if not the most in the NFL. Obviously, a team like San Francisco, when you get full compensatory picks because of getting credited with coaching staff and things like that, those are huge acquisitions. And that's what a lot of people don't really understand the whole compensatory system. But that's what Houston's stockpiling right now. They they signed a bunch of guys to one-year contracts. Those guys all walk next year. You get compensatory picks based on who leaves your team from the previous year, what their dollar amount is, what their role was on your team. So if all those guys that signed one-year deals, what was it, Bobby Trees, Schultz, Schultz, I want to say that they probably got a defender too in in that one-year range, those are all guys that are going to be additional third, third, fourth-round picks. So not only do they have a stockpile of picks for for the next two, three years – but you're going to continue adding more in that in that manner. So the compensatory system is always, you know, a way to win. But I think what happens with the Giants, you know, going forward with the draft and, and some of the names that they're rumored to be around is going to be really interesting. And something that I also have to keep in mind, the NFC East has not had a repeat division winner in over 22 years. That's insane. It's wow. an insane stat. That's so that crazy. crazy. So I'm not, like, I'm not basing that on my belief that the Eagles won't win the division. But it's crazy the trend of always having like yeah, yeah in in that division. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean that that opens up a great opportunity for the Cowboys, the Giants in in Washington. But I don't think it's unfair of me to assume that the Giants can really take that leap. And you yeah. always see teams every single year that do that. Like you I and, and the Giants were a playoff team last year, barely 
But they won a playoff game, too. Like, let's not keep that in mind. We were the most statistically injured team in the NFL last year. The most statistically injured team in the NFL since 2019. We stay healthy, have successful draft picks, and add a couple more starters. I'm not saying the Giants can win 12 games, but I think 10, 10, maybe 11 games is is very possible for the New York football Giants. They draft right. They could win 12 games. Yeah. I know they they could. I just, I don't want to get too optimistic. I know. See, yeah. well, here yeah. I am on my end yeah. telling everybody the Patriots are going to be the best in the division. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh shit! Don't be afraid to flex it. Right, right. All right, <laughs> let, let's go, Giants. Let's go, Giants. Stand up. Um, two more teams that I really wanted to talk about, and these teams we actually you know saw make make a trade between the two of them. So I want to talk about you know Chicago and Carolina for some NFC teams, and if you guys have any other teams that you'd like to briefly throw in, um, we could talk about that after. But you know Chicago obviously traded out of the number one pick. They signed Dante Foreman. They traded for DJ Moore. They got the picks, the multiple picks that they had. They signed Bobby Tunyon. They got Edmonds, Nate Davis. At the offensive guard position, so obviously addressing offensive line. Andrew Billings, who was a former first-round pick. They got TJ Edwards coming over from the Eagles. And then Kev, I mentioned Edmonds already. That That's mm-hmm. a huge departure from the Bills. But also a great acquisition at, at the linebacker position. Really questioning like the money that they had to pay Edmonds that they wouldn't just give to Roquan. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. That's a little confusing. Mm-hmm. But we talked about that division being wide open. I don't want to say Chicago has a case to go and get it. I don't I don't have faith that that Jordan Love is a better quarterback than Justin Fields. I think the way that division breaks down is Lions, Vikings, Bears, Packers. I don't know if that's an overreaction. You guys can feel free to let me know if you agree or disagree with that. But I think the Bears could also be one of those teams that like were talked about making that worst. I don't want to say to first jump, but in that division, it's open. Goff isn't like, I know the word you love to say, a world beater. Like, Goff isn't a world beater like that. Like, he he could be below the top 20 in quarterback play. He could be above that 15 to 10 range. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, really questioning, but I think after a disappointing year last year, Chicago is a team that's making some moves. I agree. And one of the things that... I mean, we talked about how bad the linebacker room was and how you have to firm up that front seven. They addressed the linebackers in free agency. Yeah. They don't have to worry about that in the draft now. So what are you going to worry about? You're going to get a tackle to protect Justin Fields. Another weapon. You can start working on the secondary. They've made a lot of really good moves in the offseason that are going to go a long way. Their receiver room is solid. Yeah. It's DJ Moore, it's Darnell Mooney, it's Claypool. Claypool, and it's St. Brown's brother. I'm not even going to try his first name. Yeah. Ar- they meet. Is Arcinius? Equinius? Yeah, yeah. Whatever. But I think they, they're making all the right moves. And For, Foreman and Herbert is like kind of a slept on like RB duo when Fields obviously runs a shit ton too. Yeah. Linebackers are going to be getting really, really tired of hitting those or those two hitting them yeah. time and time and time again. Wouldn't be surprised if they drafted a running back either. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. They, nah, I don't see Bijan going to nine no, of them. They no, don't need no. him that early, but like they yeah. could, they really could. You, you get one in the fourth. Yeah. Simple as that. I know I say this every year, but I honestly do think the Bears could win that division this year. Yeah. Like, considering Aaron Rodgers is gone, Alan Lazard's gone, so like, what's Green Bay really going to be? You know what I mean? Even if Jordan Love is the guy and he's as good as he's projected to be, like he's not going to come. I out think and he's win. a bomb. Yeah, he might be, and he very well might be. But 
you know, at the, at the at his ceiling, he he ends up being a good quarterback. He's not going to come out his first season and win nine, ten games. You know what I mean? So what are they really going to be? The Lions. I feel like they're another team treading in the right direction, but like, <laughs> I don't know. I think I think Chicago just has more weapons, like especially after trading Hawkinson in the middle of the season last season yeah. to a division rival. I have no idea why they did that, but and then just the Vikings, and I don't think the Vikings will be as good as this year, regular season wise. You know what I mean? So, and they're another team that are just notorious for blowing playoff games and, and blowing regular season games too. So, realistically, like if the Bears. Like you guys said, draft some pieces to like finish out, you know that 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 roster. Then they can really make a run at the division. It's gonna be not a that it's gonna be a division. great division. Yeah, I don't think it'll be a great division yeah. like record wise, but I think it'll be competitive. Like yeah. I think they'll all be around like eight nine wins. Maybe the Vikings will have like ten plus if they play as similar to the NFC year. South this yeah. year. Yeah, I made a hot take earlier, thinking our positional rankings maybe about the Vikings actually falling below 500 this year. Really? Yeah, they might. I think they can, and now it just gets additionally solidified for me with Thielen leaving now. Yeah, that leaves a little bit more space to pay other guys, but like, are they ready to do that yet? They're still yeah. need to rebuild, so. And last year, what I will say, like, just, just to be on the Viking side, because it seems like we're all like, <laughs> now, like, KJ Osborne was a very solid three last year, yeah, where I feel like he could take that two role. Thielen was like, probably being like, I don't want to say overpaid, but like he just doesn't have a role there with the way that offense is anymore. Like it was just plain and simple. But he was a ghost. This this dude is also talking pretty crazy, saying that like he chose to go to Carolina because they're like a contender. Like you guys don't even have like your quarterback scenario figured out. Like yeah, like did did the Panthers defense is probably better than the Vikings defense. Like right now, like if you want me to be completely honest, and we could talk about Carolina. Like they just acquired the number one overall pick. They got Miles Sanders, which is a good acquisition. Hayden Hurst at the tight end position, which is really good. Von Bell at the safety position, which is an underrated move. Yeah. And then you go and get Adam Thielen and DJ Chalk. So this isn't, you know, a room that's set up for failure. You draft CJ Stroud. You have a, a Terrence Marshall, who was a, a second, third round pick out of LSU a couple of years ago. And you draft another wide receiver. You get some depth at the tight end position. I'm sure that Miles Sanders won't be their only back there. Yeah, they might have Chubba Hubbard, but like they might have another threat besides like those two guys. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Carolina with a rookie quarterback can realistically win that division. I don't think that Thielen's a, a still a thousand yard receiver. I don't think that Chark's in a thousand yard receiver. I think that those guys can all catch around seven fifty, maybe plus. I don't see any of them getting ten plus touchdowns. I think out of all their receiving options at the moment, Hayden Hurst might have the most successful year. I'm gonna hot take it with Terrence Marshall. Are you? Loved that LSU team, so that's you know it's gonna play a little bit into it. But like, dude, he's he's such a good player. Yeah, he's he underrated and was player. overlooked. I mean, they had they had like a, a very fishy coaching core there for the past couple of yeah. years. But I mean, they had DJ Moore there, and and there wasn't and they had Robbie Anderson there too, and like it didn't it didn't work with those guys. Terrence Marshall was the third wide receiver with both of those guys. Now I feel like he's finally going to get that opportunity, but it's also going to be interesting. Is is this going to be like one of those scenarios that's like, he wasn't our guy, we didn't draft him, like we're going to phase him out? Or is it going to be like one of those scenarios where it's like, oh, this is going to be a hidden gem for the past couple of years, you know? Think of how deep the receiver draft room is right now. You know what we haven't talked about is Jalen Hyatt. Yeah. Jalen Hyatt's getting slept on a lot, too. I'll I'll be a culprit. I didn't talk about him on our Top Draft Prospects episode. He's... He's so good, dude. Do you think he has the potential to scratch back end one? 
I could totally see Kansas City pulling some shit and getting him. Yeah. That's like, like that. That would be a great move on their behalf, but I think he's going to fall back a little bit because I think we're going to see so many receivers go so quick so early that people are going to say, okay, the receiver lull is off. Yes. Now go get the players that we need, and then someone else will randomly grab a receiver at the back end of two. I think think Hyatt goes in the back end of two because I think that they're going to be the top four or five receivers that get taken early. But like, Hyatt will go with a guy like Downs, you know what I mean? Josh Downs yeah. coming out of UNC. Yeah. Um, they, there's a lot of crafty wide receivers, and I think you see more of them that that have like that smaller build with like the t- take the top off of like a, mm-hmm. a, like an offense or defense, and, and can really have that type of an impact. I think we see more of like the possession receivers and like the Njigba and, and things like that try to go with the Addisons of the world. Really interested to see where Zay Flowers goes because I know BC isn't a reputable place for wide mm. receivers. I think he is a back end one talent, but it's also it, it always comes down to like where the run on positions go because if that run on positions goes in the teens for wide receivers, then yeah, it's really possible that he goes one. If that starts to happen on the back end of the first ten picks, yeah, like he might drop out a little bit. It de- it depends on what happens with a Jalen Carter offensive tackles like I know that there's going to be at least five of those that go in the first round yep. so uh, it's really interesting there'll probably be four corners five offensive tackles probably four or five receivers we know that there's going to be three or four quarterbacks that go round one so the draft is going to have big implications on this in the NFC guys is there any other team that we should touch upon we just touched upon this team a little bit but I think the biggest signing the most division changing signing to me is CJ Gardner Johnson to Detroit wow Listen, man, the Lions, the Lions' offense is good. Yeah. Like, they're a good offense. They're a great O-line. They added David Montgomery. Yes, they lost Jamal Williams, but David Gon- Montgomery, let's not sleep on how good he is. Yeah. I mean, you got Jamison Williams coming back, who I'm very, very high on. I'm on Ross St. Brown. You can draft a tight end. Like a mayor, a Kincaid, something like that. Even like I feel like Darnell Washington's getting like slept on like a little bit too. Like he had some crazy grabs like at yep. the combine. What's up, Kev? You're, you're smiling over there. Yeah. <laughs> it's <just> funny. The, <laughs> the Lions needed their defense to firm up. They got Aiden Hutchinson for a pass rush. They need some more help in the secondary. And CJ Gardner Johnson, man, he's a ball hawk. Like he, the ball goes in the air, dude. He's gonna find his way near to it somehow. That, that's a very underrated move. Kev, what the hell is, Dal- is Dawson Knox going to be this year? <laughs> Six-plus touchdowns, 700 yards, 85 catches. Wow. Jeez. That's a lot. Jeez. Yeah, legit. <laughs> That's a lot. Nah, it depends. If D-Hop comes here, he's going to be a ghost. Man. Imagine D-Hop I'm and Diggs. Oh, that'd be beating them that'd be disgusting. That'd be, I mean, everyone's gonna start. Oh, but don't worry, Jalen and Xavier Howard can cover them. They yeah. would not. They would not be able to cover them. <laughs> Gee, what is but I, I, man, I'm gonna stick to my guts. I've been saying it since the beginning. D Hop to the Giants as much as it's as it Ooh. hurts. I think D Hop's going to the Giants. Yeah. I love that. I would it love just to have fits. that jersey, dude. It fits. Yeah. They have the money yeah. for him, and it really like they would be cash strapped after they get him. But yeah. like they get him, and then what else do they need? They can yeah. just they they'll take the shot. So guys, and and. Twan, obviously, like I know you're a Pats fan, but out of these teams that we talked about, the Pats, Jets, Denver, Vegas, Giants, Chicago, Carolina, before we wrap up this episode, I want you guys to share what team, what individual team that we talked about today had the best offseason. Chicago. I think so far, the Jets. Okay. Yeah. Is that anticipating Rodgers? Like, that's like Rodgers. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good one, too. Yeah, I mean, like that, I mean, that, that's a huge know, that's difference. A big, yeah, yeah, huge yeah. difference. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah. But since the Sandbox fans, that's going to wrap things up for our free agency grades and impact episode. Hopefully you guys liked our takes and, you know, agree, maybe disagree. Feel free to let us know. You guys can check out this episode along with our sophomore slumps and success coming to you guys ASAP. You guys know the deal. Peace, love, and five stars. Not Tawan, though. Tawan gets three stars. Well, <laughs> come on. Come on. <laughs>